nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So welcome back to the Matter of a Mind Experience. Of course, I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have for you Zora the Explorer, certified sport nutrition coach, breathwork instructor, and gerontologist. Zora helps you to reboot your energy using biohacking techniques for women who are over the age of 50. In fact, she has a fantastic podcast, Hack My Age, that we're going to talk about as well. And of course, I always have a hack of the episode, right? It's going to be, why should and how can we increase our oxytocin stores? You really want to hang around for that. And with that being said, let's welcome Zora to the show. Hey, Zora, how are you doing today? Hey, Narada. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm, I'm so excited to share more about oxytocin. That's right, and a whole lot more. Yeah. And with that being said, tell my audience about yourself. So I am 52 years old and I got the platform Hack My Age and I'm sharing biohacking techniques for women over 50 because we're a very different audience than other biohackers. And I am American, American-Ukrainian. I am also a nomad. So uh, although you know it's hard to pin me down, today I'm in Portugal and I'm a gerontologist, which I'll have to explain. I think a lot of people don't know what that is. And it's it's basically somebody who studies aging and longevity, but not only from a biological perspective, as we know it in the biohacking community, but from a psychological and a sociological perspective. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, you only study old people, but that's not true. I mean, we do study a lot of older adults, but we look at the life course from birth to death. And so we need to look at the whole, whole events in all the events in someone's life to understand why they have certain diseases of aging or have gone through certain, certain biological experiences in, in their life. So very, very important topic. doesn't sound very sexy, but it is, it is really, really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to share more about it. There's nothing sexier than a woman over 50 who looks amazing. Let me tell you that. So Woohoo! <laughs> it's working. It's working. So it's working. <laughs> now, with that being said, because the last episode I had Jessica Alana and we talked about biohacking and that was like an introduction to biohacking because uh, going forward, I'm going to have a lot more. We're going to dive more into what biohacking is and how we can do so. But tell me, what is biohacking and what brought you to become interested in it? So you probably have heard many different definitions for biohacking. You know, it's still kind of a new word. And the grandfather of biohacking, Dave Asprey, I think is the one who coined it. 
And the way he explained it was that biohacking is the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside you as well, so that you can have more control over your own biology and your own health, you know, uh, ultimately. But I look at it also as a community of people who, who are generally healthy, okay? And they're looking to optimize their health. You know, of course, there are plenty of sick people and people who've had the journey, you know, being very sick and all this, and then they get into this like superhuman state. But a biohacker would consider themselves if the doctor go to a doctor and doctor says, look, you know, all your blood work is normal. You know, you're fine. You're you're normal. Um, Normal for a biohacker is sick because the average person is, is sick, right? Has some kind of illness or, or problem. So, so that's when we try to take our health in our own hands, even if we get a clear message from the doctor that everything is good, but you still feel really bad. We don't accept that. We just do our own N of one experiments, you know, sort of this do it yourself type of, of experimentation. And that's what a a biohacker does, but it's, it sounds kind of, uh, futuristic and, you know, biohackers love gadgets like these aura rings and bio straps and these things that can measure our, you know, our, our biometrics, but, uh, it's, it's to measure and assess things and we're not guessing anymore. And it helps us dial into our bodies. Um, but you know, it can also go wrong too, but we, we love to use these gadgets, but we also have a very strong base of ancestral wisdom things that we know, you know, that are, that are working. So we, we kind of combine those two. So it's not just the sciencey geeky stuff and all the gadgets. It is really having that strong base. So I look at biohacking as a pyramid where you have the very base of the pyramid is, is that foundation that the, the nutrition and the exercise and the sleep management, the stress management, our community, uh, things that are very important, you know, purpose in life, reason to wake up in the morning, those things have got to be there. The middle of the pyramid would be things like, um, supplements or ice bathing or breath work, red light therapy, all the things that you maybe don't need a doctor for. And the top tier of the pyramid would be things like uh, PRP, uh, platelet-rich plasma injections, stem cell therapy, gene therapy, uh, maybe hormone replacement therapy, and these things you would need a doctor's um, guidance with. So a lot of people want to get to the hacks at the top of the pyramid, or maybe even the middle, and then you know just hack it and then forget about everything else. But those hacks, that supplement or that ice bathing or whatever, doesn't work so well or at all, if you don't have a strong foundation of that pyramid. So I really like to emphasize the, the fact that that's got to be there because, you know, some of these, these things can sound like miracles, right? These little hacks, but they, they and they can be once that foundation is there. So, so we need to really, uh, you know, biohacking is really all about yourself, taking control of your health, uh, experimenting because we're all bio-individual. I was dancing over here to see if it threw her off, but you still went through like a champ. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you made some uh, excellent points there. So I'm not going to uh, spend a whole lot of time on it, but I do have some some kind of, I guess you say, feedback on that because you, a lot of people do look at the top of the pyramid and they look at it and go, oh my gosh, I could try this. I should do that. I should do that. But you have to have that foundation. When I started biohacking, I didn't have an aura ring. The only thing I had was a fitness watch and it wasn't even the best fitness watch, right? That's all I had, but I was still able to hack my biology by getting sunlight, 
um, um, exposing myself to cold therapy, changing how I eat, um, resetting my circadian rhythm so my sleep quality would be better, and amongst other things, right? So you can hack your body even without those things. But as you start to feel better and you start to make improvements, then you want to go to the next. Then you want to go to the next. Then you want to go to the next. But you have to start at the bottom. It's like supplements. One of the most annoying conversations I have with people is about supplements because people cringe when they hear the word supplements. They think about a bodybuilder who died of a heart attack. Well, first of all, you're not taking the crap that he's taking and why he's going to the extreme. I believe that if you truly want to be healthy, especially in today's society, you have to supplement. Now, that, but you can't supplement. Supplement is what? Adding, right? It's adding to an already healthy lifestyle, already healthy diet. I supplement. I eat a high protein diet. I, tilt, I still take essential aminos. I still take creatine and I still take weight protein for me able to lift and perform better. I need my supplement, but that's on top of a diet that's already solid, right? So I, there, there are certain um, I, algae, I supplement with algae and I also take um, uh, mushroom extracts, right, to improve my health. So supplementation is, is an important part and it's almost impossible to, uh, to avoid if you need to be healthy or to, stay, to, to perform optimally, I should say. Not to say to yeah. be healthy, but to yeah. be optimal, to take it from where you're like, okay, I feel good to where, okay, I need that next step, right? Yep. So to go to that optimal level, I should say, that makes more sense. So, yeah. yeah, so it's, but so I like the fact you brought it up. Our thing too is I look at things three-sided, ancestral background, science, and anecdotal evidence. And my client knows I've always looked at it those three ways and I'm not going to get into all that, but we have to really understand that we have to look at it from that side because science is, is always evolving. I'm not saying wrong or right. And you can find science to back up honey nut Cheerios being healthy for you if you really want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, anecdotally how does it make you feel if i didn't get sleep last night and i feel like crap the next day anecdotally tell me that i did something wrong right if i'm hungover, i did something wrong i have that feeling and then there's some things our ancestors just knew now we're talking about vibrations our ancestors already knew about that spending time with people you love and oxytocin that we're going to talk about they probably didn't know that word at the time but community was always a huge thing growing up which is now you go outside and, and it, I live in a complex of thousands of people and I may see, I see the same five people every day because mm -hmm. community is not a thing anymore. And we all know each other because that's our own little community, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I look at things three ways. And I, I, love, I love your work and I, I love how you put things together. So thank you so much for that. And with that being said, I want to lead this into your podcast now. So mm -hmm. tell us more about it. So the Hack My Age podcast is, is really geared for a woman over 50 and is interested in biohacking. And it is a platform to give older women a voice because our interests and our needs and our, our reactions to some biohacks or even just health, general health techniques are different than a younger woman or an older man. So in the biohacking community, what do we, who do we think of, of a Ben Greenfield or a Dave Asprey? And those men are now in their forties, approaching 50. Some of them, uh, they started in their thirties. They don't really 
talk a whole lot about hormones and menopause and, and the wrinkles on our face or gray hair, you know, gray hair is kind of sexy on a guy, right? So, so why should they spend that time? Whereas a woman, maybe, you know, either she wants to embrace the gray hair, we could talk about that, but it is, a, you know, something that we, we are interested in. So the topics that I bring are, are topics that are of interest to that older woman. And it just gives our perspective and, you know, should women of a certain age be ice bathing? Uh, should, uh, should we space it out? Should we or not? You know, these are questions. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of research on women, period. And to think of an older woman, not a whole lot of research on an older woman either. So, you know, it's just starting in, in that area. So we really need to, to really understand that it, these kind of hacks may work great on a guy and there's evidence-based science and we can you know talk all about it, but it may or may not work for a woman. And we have to understand that we're different, right? We're different hormones and we age differently. So the people I bring on my podcast are any of these researchers, doctors, or, or people who are making biohacking products and skincare and, and everyday people as well. And, and we are all talking to this audience of, of an older woman. So that's what the podcast is about. And, and, uh, and you can find that on Apple podcasts and Spotify and hackmyage.com and everywhere, everywhere your podcast is, you go. <laughs> awesome. And, you, um, and you know what, a lot of research are done on younger males. There is still not enough research, even I mean, a lot of research are done on mice, you know, rodents, but you know, that's one part of it. But and also male done on, on, and on the male, right? <laughs> so on the females, a lot of um, research not done on female, and then they take into consideration menopause. That's huge. It's so much. I have a short, I think, actually, on menopause and why we crave sugar. Um, some people, some women may crave sugar during menopause. There's a lot of things that happen at that time that it, it, that's not captured captured in the research. But with your knowledge, and then on top of you look at the science, and also you take the anecdotal piece into it, that's huge. To to so I think that if for women that are approaching or um are going through menopause, to listen to the show to really get to learn more about why you may be experiencing things and things that you can do, or or maybe some things that you are doing that you maybe shouldn't be doing for a female that's going through menopause. So and thank you so women, much. Yeah, and even women who are in their mid thirties maybe heading for early menopause, they're perimenopausal. And so you, your doctor may just prescribe you antidepressants. And when in fact, all you need is just, you know, to balance your hormones and figure that out. So it's really important. So, you know, even the podcast is for women over 50, I do have plenty of, of younger women listening. And when I ask them sometimes, you know, why are you interested in these things of, you know, over 50 and, and they say, well, because we don't want to make the same mistakes that you did. You know, we want to learn from you <laughs> so that when we get 50, you know, we, we, you know, we, we can just cut to the chase and, and do all the good things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a for, it's for, you know, a broader audience as well. Exactly. Love it. Love it. And we, then now we're talking about, talk about aging. Let's talk about energy, right? Yeah. Because that's something that tends to go down as we age chronologically not biologically right mm -hmm. so what approaches do you take to boost and maintain good energy well yeah chronologically and biologically you know everybody's in a different space so generally speaking chronologically as you get older yeah we are losing your energy and in fact when you look at nad um this is where you know has a lot of lot to do with our energy stores and mitochondria it it's cut in half. It's gone. Half of it is gone by the age of 20. 
and then it halves again, and then it halves again. And so this is why you see little kids running around, spinning around like crazy because they got plenty of NAD. So, you know, the game is let's, you know, how can we keep our NAD? And that's when the biohacking community, you think of all these, you know, NAD precursors like NMN and NR, there's Nuchito, lots of things we can do. Those are, that's like the supplement route or, or um, IV route. Um, but it's so easy. I, th- I like to start with the low hanging fruit first. And when we're losing our energy, uh, we got to figure out why let's get to the root cause instead of just taking coffee and, uh, you know, caffeine and trying to stay awake. And this low hanging fruit really is sleep. Yeah. I'm so passionate about sleep because it's so underrated and can do so much. It's one of those real magic bullets. If we can improve the quality and quantity of our sleep, we have got better skin. We've got more energy. Our brain is functioning better. We look lovely and we, you know, we can just go to the gym. You know, you have much more energy. So putting your sleep on, getting your sleep hygiene on is super, super important. So I would say, start with that. The next thing I I would say is, is exercise. Exercise makes more mitochondria. You, You know, this um, the mitochondria, the little powerhouses inside your cells that are responsible for, for responsible for making ATP, that energy currency. So, you know, we have different muscles have different levels of uh, mitochondria or different organs have different levels of mitochondria, but our muscles need a lot of mitochondria. So, but what I found fascinating is that we can, the more we exercise, the more mitochondria we make and the more energy we get. And it sounds you know, difficult. It's almost like a, you know, uh, uh, where, where do we start the chicken or the egg? Because you're too tired to go exercise. And, you know, when you exercise, sometimes it, you get fatigued, but you give it a chance and those, those mitochondria will start increasing. So energy is great. You know, exercise is great for your energy. And the next thing I tell people to look at is their nutrition, right? Um, you know, nutrition can deplete your energy or give you more energy. And we don't have time to go into all the details, what to eat, not to eat. You know, if, if, you know, very often, especially for women over, over 50, we have problems with sleep. So how do we, how can we use food, uh, to make us uh, sleepy at night and sleep well. And usually there's more carbs in the evening. Um, don't eat that pizza, that bowl of pasta in the day. It'll probably make you sleepy. So let's use that to our advantage and, and uh, eat at the appropriate time or certain things at the right time. Um, I'm going to stop here because I think I, 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 know I have a couple of others, but I, I'm wondering if you have, if you want to interject with anything, because you're the exercise guy. And I thought, well, maybe I should have let you have a, a, a moment there. Sure, I'll share a little bit of my little knowledge I have here. Um, yeah. So regarding um, exercise, I got had this question with someone the other day about what's the best exercise for someone who's trying to lose weight. And I said to him, the best exercise you can do is whatever exercise you can do. I love and, that answer. That's what I say. <laughs> and that means that if that means, you know what, you get 2000 steps a day normally, ramp it up to 4000 or 5000 start there. You know, um, you know, if you don't work out at all, maybe adding a couple of days where you do a little bit more training, a little bit more movement into your workout, like you will start to build on that. Now, again, that's a whole different thing in general, but just just starting to move and making change every 45 minutes to 50 minutes. I get up for at least five minutes. I drink a lot of water anyway, so I kind of have to. I don't really have much mm-hmm. of a choice, but I have to get up anyway. But so that's the first thing. And then next thing is on sleep. I do have an article on how to get quality sleep on secrethealth.com. We're creating your circadian rhythm. So go ahead and check that out. It's my most successful article. People absolutely love that article and it's helped 
thousands of people um, so far. So go ahead and check that out. I like the thing about carbs. Timing of carbs is important because I've had to fight with clients where I just get, I get on my nerves because I say, you can tell I don't have as much patience as I should if I need some oxytocin. But <laughs> I've said to people, you know, <laughs> you, need to, you need to eat carbs. You can eat some carbs at night, but their brain is so... I've been told all these years not to eat carbs or not. I said, look, I'm not asking you to pig out. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. And I apologize to all pigs out there. But I'm not asking you to pig out. What I'm saying is that you can, for me, I eat a handful of blueberries or some cherries before I go to bed. an hour within an hour or so before the bed. Free my, feed my brain that glucose. And I feel fantastic. Again, I also even have a show where I talk about that habit and other sleep habits. On one of my shorts as well, so you go ahead and check that out. But those are my two things to add. Go ahead, Miss uh, Zora the Explorer. Yeah, that's great. I knew you'd had some good things to to inject there. So yes, uh, especially you know women, we 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 do need our carbs, but the, the appropriate ones. So let's move on. The other thing that can deplete yourself of energy that you should really focus on as well as we get older is medication. Medication can can make you tired. And so sometimes just modifying it or, you know, hopefully getting off of it, if you can, will give you more energy. And an, another thing that some people really don't think about very often is relationships. You know, think about the toxic relationships in your life, the people who literally suck the energy out of you, they sucking the life out of you. So I would say, look at those relationships and decide who who's giving you energy, who's supporting you, and then remove, if at all possible, those people who, who are just toxic. And um, supplements, how could we not talk about supplements and energy, right? There's just, there's, there's a whole list of them. But again, like you said, supplements are an add-on. Supplements are not called replacements of food. We call them supplements. That means adding on to an already healthy diet and lifestyle. So, but you know, like you said, there's other people who doing all the work, they're doing the whole foundation and they just need to get that next level. And, uh, and so one of my favorite things in terms of energy, when it comes to NAD, I, I did a great podcast interview with Dr. Nicola Conlon, who created the supplement called Nuchido and Nuchido works differently than NAD and then NR and NMN, because it's trying to fix your own factory of making, uh, uh, NAD. Did you, do you know, Dr. Nicola Conlon? No, I'm not familiar. Ooh, you got to go check her out. She's, um, or Nuchito. It's, it's pretty cool. I like that idea where we're making our own stuff, right. Rather than trying to support, uh, through, through, through an extra pathway that, that is not very effective. B12 is something to look at, you know, again, check your levels first, obviously when you can, you can, because it's so easy to get a vitamin D test, for example, B12, you can check your iron, your magnesium. Um, you know, these are supplements that you can add, but I really like to, to first test it because otherwise you could just be throwing away your money. We don't, we don't need it because your levels are perfectly fine. Um, women, uh, over 50 have a lot of stress and that can also deplete them of their energy. So we look at things like ashwagandha and maca. These are adaptogens that, that are so easy to just throw in a smoothie or a coffee or drink as a tea. Um, there's a couple of other supplements out there called um, uh, Panax ginseng and cordyceps um, that also do some, some pretty cool stuff. Um, in the biohacking community, you probably know uh, Bulletproof Coffee, right? I don't 
like to depend on coffee. I mean, that's kind of, I prefer people to just hack the energy in and get, get, find, find the, the root cause rather than actually just trying to, to cover up with symptoms and to drink coffee. But a lot of people drink the bulletproof coffee with the C8 MCT. Do you ever do that? I don't use bulletproof necessarily because of the collagen, but yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I, for me, I don't really see a whole lot of difference. Um, and I get this like burning thing in my throat when I do the, the C8 MCD, I do MCT. I just put it in a little powder and I don't know, it doesn't really go down well with me, but I have clients who, who love it and they, they, that they, they think it's great. One thing I discovered to give a lot of energy, this is again, a, um, it's a hack that I don't think you need to rely on. It's not getting to the root cause of the problem. But when I, I don't know if you know, I drove from Spain to Poland uh, with humanitarian aid and then picked up 32 Ukrainian refugees, brought them back to Madrid. It was like a seven day trip, 7,000 kilometers. It was insane. And we had to drive all throughout the night. So I, I, you know, called all my biohacking besties and said, Oh, can I do, you know, what can I do? Cause I don't want to fall asleep at the wheel. I'm responsible for people. And so they recommended nicotine gum. And that worked like a charm. I was like, wow, <laughs> my eyeballs were coming out of my head as I'm driving at two in the morning going, oh my God, there's no way I could sleep right now. I'm not falling asleep whatsoever. And it was the first time I tried it. Um, and it was really, really amazing. So um, I'm, I'm not, I don't think that's something you need to rely on all the time, but if you need a boost, certainly worked pretty well. But when I get women who are, uh, tired. I always tell them one of the first things I tell them is to look at their thyroid thyroid yes. function. Yeah. That's super important. And then go see your doctor, optimize it, fix it if you're off. And if you, if your doctor says, Oh, your TSH is fine. It's one of the blood work that you do. And you're still feeling tired. I would still tell them to take a deeper dive into T3, T4, reverse T3, <laughs> reverse T4. There's, there's a great podcast I did with, um, Sandy Cruz, who's an expert on thyroid or, or just go, maybe you have one, um, do you have one? Uh, Carolyn on your Stone. Opinion? Yes, I have Carolyn Stone that we did a dive on. Uh, she's a naturopathic doctor and we did a deep dive into thyroid as well. Oh, perfect. So go, go and listen to that because that could be a clue. You could just be, you know, bypassing everything because you could say, oh, I'm sleeping well, I'm exercising and, but, you know, could be your thyroid. And one thing I got, my last energy, you know, tip that a lot of people don't think about is music. Music can totally energize you. It can also calm you down as well. So if you want to work out and you need more energy, you need to get something done, blast your favorite music. That's got a fast beat, right? If you're going to go listen to Beethoven, do that before you go to bed, right? <laughs> that's good because your heart actually syncs with the beat of whatever it is that you're listening to. So that's why I listen to rock when I'm lifting. Well, go ahead. Really? Yeah. So doesn't that energize you? Yeah. You know, and that's cool. I had a couple of things to say on, well, first the music part is uh, Bob Marley says, uh, one good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> true. It's true. Uh, and, but I, I, I want to say something about the coffee thing because I drink coffee, right? Yeah. Two days a week, only two days a week, because two days a week in the morning, I do fasted sprints and I drink mm -hmm. the caffeine to power my fasted sprints. Now, if you need coffee, Every day, just a function, there is something else going on. There is no way, even before, say before we get to thyroid, you could have low cortisol in the morning. And by the way, if you have low cortisol levels in the morning, drinking coffee early in the morning is not going to help with that. 
right? Likewise. So that could be, so you may need to reset your circadian rhythm. Yeah. Okay. You may, it may be a gut issue. You know what? You may, you may not have adequate gut enzymes where if you're, if your energy may be low because the food that you're eating, you're not breaking them down properly, which caught, which, which bogs down the energy as well. There's so many things that can go into even before you get to your thyroid. But then if you have those things are going great and you still have low energy, I definitely believe looking into your thyroid, especially women who are premenopausal and going through menopause. I definitely believe that's true. It's something as simple as, the stuff that we use, the hand sanitizers we use can impact our, our, um, our thyroid hormones. Think about that, right? Yeah, it's crazy. So it's so it's, much, so much stress. Stress, stress. is a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you get to 50, you, you get, it's accumulates over a lifetime. So I think you're spot on when it comes to caffeine in the morning. If you've got low cortisol, meaning you'll know your cortisol is low if you wake up really groggy and sleepy and it's just you need that caffeine hit that's you got probably yeah should check out your cortisol and then if you feel tired but wired at night your cortisol is probably too high at the wrong time in the evening when you should really be winding down for bed so circadian rhythm that was our first hack energy hack you know it's all boils down to that and you probably have a good podcast on 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 circadian rhythm and sleep hygiene other as well no yeah, I have a short on that that I released this year. And I also had the article that on getting quality sleep. It's all about resetting your circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's so important. With that, now let's talk about oxytocin. Because now we're getting closer and closer to the hack of the episode, right? So yeah. what is oxytocin and why do you consider it a superpower? Oh gosh, I love oxytocin. Not a lot of people talk about it enough. Uh, but in the biohacking community, it does come up. It's known as that cuddle hormone or the bonding hormone. And it's actually a neuropeptide, which is a chemical messenger in the brain. And women have six times more oxytocin than a man. So that's why I call it it's our superpower, right? We have this and the guys don't have as much that you have oxytocin and you can improve your oxytocin and and boost it. But why would you want to do that? Well, it's oxytocin is there because it helps with relationships. It helps with bonding. That's what we call the bonding hormone. When you give childbirth, we, we excrete more oxytocin when we're breastfeeding, because we're trying to bond with a baby instead of, you know, throwing it to the side of the road and, and move on with our life. You know, human evolution, we need to have, uh, to raise our kids. It's important for reproduction. And, uh, and it's, it gives us this craving for physical contact with our friends and our family. So if you're somebody who's kind of really down the dumps, you have no empathy and you don't have very much compassion, you're not really caring at people. You may want to go, okay, let's, how can we boost our oxytocin? Because it will make you feel more compassionate. It will make you feel more empathy. And what's interesting, what we learned in gerontology is that women are hardwired uh, with our oxytocin power because uh, we're looking to build a social network. Uh, We're nurturing our network and we're looking to create that social support because we want it to protect our offspring and ourselves. So it's called the tend and befriend uh, thing that we do. And that's, that's why women are, you know, very social. We're, we're doing that. But what's another really cool thing about this bonding or cuddle hormone, which sounds so cute and fluffy is that it's also a stress hormone and it's, it's, 
it's released when we're under stress and it's, it's released in the, in your, in your brain. And it goes to the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and it motivates us to go and seek support when, when trouble hits. Okay. So shit hits the fan. Sorry. Um, it hits the fan. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And, uh, and then you, you go and you look for your, your friends because you need help. You need support. So that, that hormone gets released into the bloodstream. And then what's another really cool thing. So it's, it's connected also to the autonomic nervous system and it influences your immune system, but it's also cardioprotective. It's like a natural anti-inflammatory. So when it's released into the bloodstream, oxytocin receptors are there on your organs, but there's, there's also on your heart these oxytone receptors. And so when the heart is damaged, it goes and looks for oxytocin to repair, to reduce the inflammation and lowers oxidative stress. It literally, it literally repairs your heart, a broken heart, right? It sounds, you know, both emotionally and physically. And that's just the coolest thing that a lot of people don't really know about. And, and so when, when we are released, you know, when we're trying to, to help others. Imagine I, I, I have a friend who's down the dumps. I want to go and help her. I release more oxytocin. And then when she receives or he receives that, that person also gets more oxytocin. So it's really gives us a healthier stress response and this like positive feedback loop. And so the high, so higher levels of oxytocin are associated with a feeling of just more calmness and we're better able to handle stress. And that's, that's a, you know, a lot of people that oxytocin is one of the coolest hormones. I could talk about it all day long. That's absolutely fantastic. I have yet to have someone on the show to talk about oxytocin and why it's important. And in the Hackett episode, we're going to talk about natural things that you can do to boost your oxytocin. So stick around for that. Cause that's is basically where we are right now. But before I do so, you know, I have a gift for you. I want to talk about monolaurin. See, monolaurin is derived from lauric acid, which is found naturally in coconut oil and human breast milk. It has been researched for its potential to inactivate certain viruses, bacteria, yeast, and other microbes in the lab and in the body. We have a lot of research that show that monolaurin is many times more effective than just lauric acid at killing viruses and bacteria. There's a team of scientists in 2019. They fed mice a high-fat diet and gave um, some of them monolaurin as a supplement. After 10 weeks, not only they found that monolaurin helped to prevent visceral fat buildup, that ugly, disgusting fat around your stomach that we always trying to get rid of, but it also aided in balancing gut bacteria, increasing beneficial ones while reducing harmful ones such as E. coli. And we know that rebalancing your gut plays an important tool in weight management and fighting that disgusting visceral fat. So, of course, Go to naturalcurelabs.com. You score Zika Health. Your boy going to get you 10% discount on all their monolaurin products. And of course, the website is going to be in the description of the episode. So you click on there. And of course, the discount code Zika Health will be there just in case you forget. And with that being said, back to the regular scheduled programming. All right, Zora, tell us, how can we increase oxytocin stores? Well... The funnest way to increase it is through sex and orgasms. <laughs> you know, that's the touch. We need to touch people. And 
a lot of oxytocin is released during that moment, both for males and females. So really have more sex. <laughs> That's another fun way to, to increase it. And it's free. And, uh, and so, but anything that has to do with touch, I mean, uh, mas- getting a massage or, you know, that's why we say when we breastfeed, um, there's that touch with that baby that's increasing your oxytocin, although, you know, not everybody can do that. Uh, stroking a pet, like if you have a dog or a cat, just stroking that they've done some interesting studies by stroking the cat or the dog, you are increasing your own oxytocin as well as the oxytocin of that pet. That's <laughs> so double whammy. And, um, and yeah, just connecting with people, sharing your feelings, getting intimate, connecting, you know, it's, it's super important. Even eye contact can increase that oxytocin. So got to look each other in the eye and, yeah. uh, that's, that's another cool way to do it. Um, loving kindness meditation, you know, that one doesn't have as much, um, evidence, but I think it's always something great to, to practice anyways, and telling people you love them. You know, that's, that's again, just getting more intimate and more emotional and uh, the biohacker way to do it is to take an intranasal spray or some injections, Well, that's more for labor, but you can spray oxytocin into your nose and it suddenly makes your partner really attractive. And um, so, and it makes you just want to go out and be very social, but it is used as, you know, in, in, in medicine, you know, people who are a little bit depressed and have anxiety, you know, they, the doctor may prescribe oxytocin to try to get them to, to be more social, but you know, those are, that's like, you know, the last resort in my, my, in my book, because we can get all this stuff for, for free. And, uh, and, and it is, but we don't want to overdo it. You know, what does a biohacker do? What does like everybody else do that something's good for you, the more, the better. So we try to go out and get as much as we can, but we don't, we don't want to have too much oxytocin for a guy. It may cause prostate issues. And if it's too low, then you may have problems, you know, with childbirth or breastfeeding or get depressed. So, so we want that Goldilocks zone when it comes to oxytocin and, and, you know, it's, it's really a fun, fun, fun hormone that we can get really just for free. You just have to make a little bit of an effort. I'm going to buy the nasal spray and then go around to all my female friends. and be like, Hey, I'm going to show, come and show you something. This is going to help with your allergies. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly so and then my sex life is just gonna get a whole lot better so i'm just increasing oxytocin everywhere give uh, it to everyone yeah you look <laughs> very very attractive i mean i had a client who's the, the doctor gave her that and she said she definitely felt she was so social she just wanted to go out with with, with her friends and things like that so yeah that's it it, it worked in the, the very few cases that i know of now, my audience is at least 75% female. So let me not, I, I, that was just a joke. Don't, don't, don't come after me. Don't get upset about me. That's a joke. I'm not trying to be insensitive. Just let everybody know. I love everybody. I love everybody. With that being said, this is a fantastic episode. Thank you, Zora, for everything that you've shared. Pronounce your last name for my audience, by the way. I know it's Zora the Explorer, but pronounce your last name. It's Zora Benamou. The it's a French last name, and that's my husband's name. And it's it's uh, yeah, the H is silent, but Zora the Explorer is always so much easier to remember. And the show notes are going to be zikahealth.com/slash Zora the Explorer. And um, but before we get out of here, because our contact information, of course, will be in the show notes. But share your contact information with my audience. 
Oh, it's easy to find me. Hack my age really on Instagram, on Facebook, my website, the podcast clubhouse. And I've got a Facebook group where we have a lot of chatter uh, with women over 50 and it's called biohacking women, 50 plus longevity after menopause. So those are great. Those are, you know, I'm all over the place. I'm also on Twitter and all that. So always hack my age. And, uh, and there's, if there's a, a a possibility I can uh, tell the people around if you once you go to my website that you'll find a program that's coming out called the Energy Reboot Program for Women Over Fifty. So that I promise that's coming out um, probably November, but you know you kind of have to put your name on a waiting list, and I'll let you know when it's out. And uh, the, I'm going to change the show notes. Actually, this is ukhealth.com/slash/hackmyage. Which is going to have um about you know all our information, a lot of our information on how you can also get in contact with Zora as well. And with that being said, thank you so much for being here and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.